From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Glacier Bay National Park has initiated an environmental inspection program focused on large cruise ships that enter the park. According to the National Park Service, effective immediately, independent inspectors will board ships unannounced to assess operations such as wastewater management, emissions, marine mammal protection, and compliance documentation. While all cruise ships that visit Alaska must meet state and federal regulations to reduce impacts to the environment, cruise ships that have permits in the Glacier Bay must comply with additional environmental standards. Princess Cruises, Holland America Line, and Seabourn have signed a contract with third-party inspectors. A contract between inspectors and Norwegian Cruise Lines is expected shortly. Inspections will focus on all operations that may have environmental impacts, including wastewater management, air emissions, fuel quality, garbage management, marine mammal protection, and inspections of compliance documentation. Goldbelt plans to convert the Seadrome building in downtown Juneau to a small cruise ship dock. The proposal was presented to the Docks and Harbors Operations and Planning Committee last week. Port Director Carl Yucatel spoke about that on Action Line. The Seadrome building is owned by um, Goldbelt, and it's across from the, four point, uh, the Sheraton Four Point Hotel. And so that, that Uplands area... Um, it's kind of a quilt work of various property owners, uh, both Gold Belt and CBJ owns property. And we've been working with Gold Belt for, uh, let's say over a year, and they've, they've had an idea of, uh, raising the existing Seadrome building and building a new, uh, facility that would accommodate, um, uh, the tourism, tourism industry, I'll say, um, yachts and uh, small cruise ships. Part of the property will also be modified into expanded parking and staging. Since parcels of the property are a mix between Gold Belt and the city, he said that will need to be resolved. Well, that's the, that's kind of the rub is um, they want to move forward. They're ready to move forward. Um, their vision is to is to build it on CBJ land, but there's lots of land, um, not lots, but um, there's various parcels of land that need to be consolidated um, so that uh, a entity like Goldbelt can move forward with a um, kind of a master plan. But uh, the board was um, um, very impressed with the presentation, and um, although there wasn't a vote taken, uh, it seemed like there was consensus with the board members that uh, it's something they'd like to support. In documents presented to Docks and Harbors, Goldbelt said the terminal will provide an ideal arrival point for the city. As for the building itself, it's planned to be three stories, will feature Alaska Native art on all sides, as well as a mix of offices and amenities. Juneau City Manager Rory Watt spoke before the Juneau Chamber at their weekly luncheon last week. A ballot question up for voter approval is a $35 million general obligation bond package for a new city hall. The city owns the current hall, but rents several other buildings downtown for city departments. Watt said the current rental configuration costs the city $800,000. We spend over $800,000 a year in rent for city offices while we own city hall. Uh, we rent space in one, two, three, four other buildings downtown, uh, and we've been renting space for decades. Uh, as I like to say, uh, when your business plan is to be in business forever, 
you should own your own building. It just makes economic sense. And you should be in a building that actually is designed as office space so that you can efficiently manage your workforce. Uh, we also clog up uh, quite a bit of very good housing downtown. Uh, we make it difficult for the public to access our services. He spoke to the benefits a new hall would bring. So I, I look at the City Hall project as uh, a way to help uh, modernize our approach to uh, provision of services, uh, to efficiently manage uh, workforce, uh, to make it easy for the public to uh, do business with the city, engage with the city, uh, you know, to provide a welcoming place for people to come and participate in, in processes. Watt added that there is a cost in doing nothing, saying that if the bond vote fails, the city would need to spend $6 million on maintenance for the existing hall. That building needs new roof, needs new plumbing. We can't replace the carpet because there's uh, you know, a tiny amount of asbestos in the adhesive that holds the carpeting down. Just all manner of just stupid stuff that's going to cost a ton of money. So, there, so if we do not do a city hall project, there is a real cost of doing nothing. Juno City Manager Rory Watt. The Coast Guard medevaced a 28-year-old man from the fishing vessel Phoenix, about 160 nautical miles northwest of Cold Bay on Sunday. Watchstanders at the 17th Coast Guard District Command Center received a report at 11.24 p.m. on Saturday from the Phoenix crew that a crew member was suffering severe abdominal pain. A Coast Guard Air Station Kodiak helicopter air crew arrived on scene at 6.13 on Sunday morning hoisted the patient and transported the man to Cold Bay to an awaiting guardian flight who transported him to Anchorage for further medical care. Alaska U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski says she has tested positive for COVID-19. She made the announcement on social media Monday. In the statement, the Republican says she recently tested positive after experiencing flu-like symptoms. She said she will follow guidance and advice from doctors and will be quarantining at home in the state while continuing to work remotely. Officials in Huna have ascertained the cause of an accident that saw a tour bus leave the roadway. At 10.11 a.m. yesterday, Huna Department of Public Safety received a 911 call reporting a tour bus that went over the side near a logging road. Authorities responded to the area of the Huna City Limit sign on Kennel Creek Road and located a tour bus that had went off the road. The tour bus company is working to remove the bus. According to witnesses, a red dump truck and the bus were traveling in opposite directions when the bus went off the main roadway. There was no apparent collision between the two vehicles. All 36 tourists and two employees were able to safely evacuate the bus through the emergency exits. No injuries were reported. The tourists were visiting Icy Stray Point on board the Celebrity Millennium. Police are continuing to investigate. A bill signed into law this month will continue telehealth services in Alaska. HB 265 was authored by Anchorage Representative Ivy Sponholtz, who said it eliminates administrative burden on providers and gives health care providers licensed in the state the option to deliver care via telehealth without an in-person visit when appropriate. Juno Representative Andy Story was a co-sponsor. We have many people in southeast Alaska who have had to travel for cancer treatments down to Seattle or up to Anchorage. And uh, 
and what I say, um, and have gone down there and then their care can be monitored and using facilities up here. And this allows them not to have to fly down for like that uh, renewal checkup, but to have it um, just from the comfort of your own home. The law also requires parity for Medicaid reimbursement rates of all services delivered via telehealth. The emergency declaration ended and telehealth was not an option to do over uh, to, um, was not an option to get reimbursement from your insurance. That's kind of the key thing here. Um, We heard from many constituents calling in and saying, please do something about this. And so uh, Ivy Sponholz was the main sponsor of this, and I think this bill got more (laughs) co-sponsors than any others this session because people were crying out to uh, make it easy and accessible to your medical providers. Juno Representative Andy Story. An opinion released by the Alaska Attorney General's office says the use of public correspondence school funding allotments to pay most or all of a student's private school's tuition is almost certainly unconstitutional. The opinion from Deputy Attorney General Corey Mills considers likely constitutional the use of allotments for discrete services or materials, such as private tutoring or an extracurricular activity. It says there will be situations that fall into a gray area, and the state education department and school districts should consult legal counsel when such cases arise. Attorney General Treg Taylor recused himself from the matter. His wife had written about school choice and allotments. The Southeast Alaska State Fair starts this Thursday in Haines and runs through the weekend. Haines Mayor Doug Olerud invited everyone to come down for the event. Starting Thursday, running through Sunday. Um, a lot of great events going on at the fair, a lot of good food, some great musical acts coming up. And looking at the ferry schedule, if you want to come up for all the all four days, the Lakani comes up on Wednesday. you got ferry going back on um, Sunday, but then there's also ferries on Friday and Saturday. Friday's the Lakanti. It looks like Matanuska on Saturday. So people just want to come up one day. Finding housing might be an issue. You might need to be bringing a tent or calling one of your friends in Haines. And I don't know if there's any room on the ferries left, but uh, there are options to get up here if uh, somebody wants to make a last-minute decision and come up and enjoy the fair. And for those who can't find space on the ferry, Olerud says Alaska Seaplanes is an option to fly in. They would be more than happy to get you up Lynn Canal, and another reason for us to be looking for some sunshine so it's easier for them to uh, navigate the canal coming up here. As we all know, there's times that that can be a little tricky. Allerud added that he has seen many changes at the fair over the years. Pretty cool that, uh, you know, that started here in Haines, and I've been able to go to uh, a, a really large number of them and seen the changes over the years from when we used to have the big horse show and everything, and now some of the really cool musical acts we got coming from around the country. Um, there's And then you always run into people from, whether it's in the Yukon or Juneau or yeah. Skagway or Petersburg that you haven't seen for a long time. It's like, oh, wow, you're here for the fair. Cool. Haines Mayor Doug Olerud. The Alaska Heritage Institute Board of Trustees have announced the dates for the next in-person celebration, and it will be June 5th through the 8th, 2024. 
The Institute previously announced that the Dakaquan Dancers, a clinket group based in Whitehorse, Yukon, Canada, will be the lead dance group for Celebration 2024. The lead dance group is responsible for leading the grand entrance and grand exit songs, during which every participating group dances across the stage to mark the beginning and end of Celebration. The 2022 gathering marked the 40th anniversary of the event that was first held in 1982. The City and Borough of Sitka Assembly will meet tonight at 6 p.m. and will take up a resolution in support of a Federal Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding Schools Act. U.S. Senate Bill 2907 was reintroduced in September of last year, with the first public hearing in the Senate Indian Affairs Committee on June 22nd of this year. The bill establishes the Truth and Healing Commission on Indian Boarding School Policies in the United States and sets its powers, duties, and membership. Among other duties, the Commission would investigate the impacts and ongoing effects of the Indian boarding school policies, federal policies under which American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian children were forcibly removed from their family homes and placed in boarding schools. Sitka was the home of the first boarding school established by Americans in Alaska in 1878 by Presbyterian missionaries. Beginning with the fall 2022 academic term, Portland State University degree-seeking undergraduate students who are registered members of a federally recognized tribe will qualify to pay the equivalent of in-state tuition rates. Students will see a tuition discount equal to the current out-of-state tuition rate in the financial aid package and on their tuition bill. The current value of this discount is $420 per credit hour, or about $19,000 for a student enrolled in 15 hours per term for an entire academic year. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.